Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Hello, everyone, and welcome to What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. This is Margaret. And this is Amy. And today we have two guests. We're speaking to Natalie Maislich and Blessing Adeshian. Natalie Maislich is the president of ConsumerForCare.com, where she's responsible for expanding, building, and delivering the company's portfolio of childcare and senior care products and services. Blessing Adeshian is the founder of Mother Honestly, a platform that provides financial technology and work-life infrastructure to employers and is reshaping the future of women and families at home and in the workplace. Natalie and Blessing are here to talk to us today about a new joint research study between Care.com and Mother Honestly that assesses how remote work truly impacts working families at work and at home. The findings of that study have just been published as the Modern Workplace Report. Welcome, Natalie and Blessing. Thank you, Amy and Margaret. We're so excited to be here today. So tell us, why did Mother Honestly and Care.com team up to field this survey in the first place? I'd say that both of our companies, Care and Mother Honestly, understand that without care, working families can't work. And we're both incredibly strong advocates for solutions that make women's careers and their lives manageable. And so much of the conversation or the national conversation has been consumed with the future of work. What does it look like? But we didn't have the data to understand how remote work was impacting employees caring for their children and for seniors. And as we think about what happened over the course of the pandemic, they were the ones who were impacted the most. Millions of women left the workforce. And we wanted the data in order to support and understand, does remote work work? Does it make for more productive employees? Does it make for more fulfilled caregivers? And does it make for happier people overall? So Amy and I both experienced this as remote workers during the pandemic ourselves. We were remote workers before the pandemic, and then we continue to be remote workers and teachers and principals and sports directors <laughs> and added, you know, nine other hats nurse to practitioners, our nurse practitioners, <laughs> all of these things. Blessing, was this strictly a response to the pandemic, this work and these surveys, or is this something that you saw women starting to deal with before the pandemic began? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we were already complaining. Mothers were already saying, this is too much. This is unsustainable, right? Before the pandemic even hit, I remember at the time I was, I was working in a Fortune 100 company in corporate America, I had already told my husband, look, I'm going to have to quit. You know, this is not going to work. He had a four-hour commute. I had a two-hour commute. 
Yes. Young kids, I was breastfeeding and pumping. It was a lot, right? And so we knew that something had to change. And then, you know, unfortunately, you know, the pandemic happened and then we all saw just how horrible it has been for caregivers because a lot of caregivers had to immediately wear multiple hats. You know, they were already wearing multiple hats, but literally we were wearing it all at the same time. Mm-hmm. And then, as you all have said, you know, whether it's being a nurse or a chaperone or a cook, cleaner, everything, right? And we forgot she- cook. That's a good one. We <laughs> forgot <laughs> cook. Man, lunch, I- lunch lady, angry lunch lady. We were doing it all. <laughs> I was cooking around the clock. It was a mini restaurant assembly line. I just, forgot about that part. I think yeah. I blocked it out. <laughs> Churning out burgers and pancakes every minute. But, you know, that was what it was, right? We all were going through this world where everything was thrown at us from multiple angles. And when we said, let's come together and really think about what is, how has the modern workplace evolved, right? How has working families, how have we evolved before the pandemic, through the pandemic and in this post-pandemic reality? And and I think as we look at, we keep talking about the future of work, but what we're saying is, look, the future of work is here, right? Like we already are living in it. And so how do we redesign a workplace that works for everyone? And this report answers that question. You know, employers before the pandemic, research shows that they were pretty clueless about the demands of people who work from home, caregivers in particular, which is who this report is really for, caregivers like all of us, didn't get it. And then the pandemic happened. There was a huge silver lining, as this report points out, that if it was impossible at least it was also visible for the first time. Natalie, can you tell us sort of how that played out in the report? Great point. Whereas prior to the pandemic, employers maybe turned a blind eye. I I would say it's not like they didn't know because everyone's dealing with their own care infrastructure, own care issues at home, but essentially turned a blind eye to their employees' needs. They were, during the pandemic, they couldn't, right? They were were visually seeing the pets popping up in the Zoom and (laughs) children popping up in the Zoom. You know, we were all caregivers and we were bringing our whole self, including our caregiver self, to work every day. And so, whereas in the past, there was some level of plausible deniability, employers didn't have the luxury of having that anymore. And they needed, and if they wanted to maintain a productive workforce, they needed to help solve for their employees' whole selves moving forward. And so as we sort of look at the report and what we set out to learn, one of our biggest takeaways was that both employers and employees agree that remote work is working. For employers, pre-pandemic, their biggest concern was employee productivity. And what we've proven through remote work and our report and the findings and even outside of our report is that productivity holds. And in fact, not only does productivity hold, in some instances, employees are working more but being happier while doing it because they have the flexibility to choose when, how, where they show up. That is pretty groundbreaking and life cha- life-changing result. We're sort of, we're living in a revolution and the revolution of remote, remote work has already happened. And I think that issue of flexibility is really key to what we're talking about. I know two women, both of whom worked for major corporations, which I will not name, although I am extremely tempted to, who, when the pandemic began, said to their employers, I now need to be with my kids 
from 10 to noon and from 1 to 3 because I am their default school teacher now as well. And both of them were fired by their companies. And they said, no, you you can't do that. We don't have that flexibility. You know, we're serious corporate whatever job they thought was so important that they couldn't spare them for these five hours blessing. Is that something that you see in the report, that lack of flexibility? And is that something that's just running up against the realities of what's actually going on? I will say both of these people, it was early in the pandemic. And I don't know if those corporations ended up losing a tremendous amount of staff or if other people just felt like I can't lose my job at a time like this. So I guess my kids will just have to figure out school on their own while I keep pretending that I work at this corporate office that has no distraction. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think a lot of us, maybe it's my husband calls it selective hearing. I feel like we all forgot what happened in those early days of the pandemic when employers really had no clue what was going on. Mm-hmm. And so they were all worried that productivity was going to go out of the window. People were not going to show up and do their job to the best of their abilities because they were tendering to kids and so many other things. So employers were really pushing for you to literally be bought in seats, right? Like show that your Slack is green and every, you know, Java and whatever, Microsoft Teams, <laughs> everything, look, you know, you're green at all times. Big and brother is watching you, basically. Exactly. There were multiple studies that showed that, ex- you know, people were walking around the clock. Our study basically looked at, one, do people want flexibility? Do people want to continue to work remotely? Most knowledge workers went remote. And so is that trend going to continue? And what we found is that both managers and employees agree that this remote work, this flexibility needs to continue. 58% want that flexibility on their hours. 49% want more time with their family before and after work. Also, they're saying, you know what? We really want to continue this, right? Because it makes us happy. It makes our kids happy. And we want to see this continue. So that flexibility is key going forward. But I think what is even more special about this report is that productivity also actually went up, right? So people are working longer hours because at least they have that flexibility to work from home. And so, you know, what we said was, look, remote work works. It's here to stay. It's time for employers to lean in into remote work, especially, especially for caregivers who represent 73% of the workforce. I want to talk about some of the surprising findings from this report. We're talking to Natalie Mazlik and Blessing Adishion, and we will be right back. Margaret, I've got a go-to baby shower gift that I give whenever there's another newborn in my life. Can you guess what it is? Amy, three guesses, first two don't count. It's Pampers Swaddlers. Exactly. Pampers Swaddlers keep baby's skin dry, happy, and healthy. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better than the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance, hypoallergenic, and free of parabens and latex. Try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes are five times stronger, gripping mess more firmly, shall we say? say, and making diaper changes a breeze. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Then redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers cash has no cash value. Amy, you know me well enough to know that my daily power breakfast is... 
toast with peanut butter on top. Toast with peanut butter. It's also, by the way, one of my favorite power breakfasts. So we agree on that thing. We were recently together and we shared some toast with peanut butter. And I'm going to tell you, we used Hero Bread. It adds even more protein and fiber to that combo without adding any more sugar. Hero Bread has remade the carby, empty calorie bread products into versions that include no net carbs, zero gram sugar, and fewer calories, plus more protein and fiber, while still being super fluffy and delicious. I was not sure that that particular combination was going to be possible, but Hero Bread has figured it out. Yeah, this is one I'm glad they let us try. It's like, it really tastes good. I've been trying to add more protein to my diet, and I would have thought that a hamburger rolls was not the place to do that, Amy. <laughs> but all of Hero Bread's products, from rolls to tortillas to croissants, we please, offer protein and fiber, zero to one grams of net carbs, and zero grams of sugar. Start your Hero Bread bundle on their website and get 10% off your order. Go to hero.co and use the code MOTHERHOOD at checkout. I like this bread, people. It's H-E-R-O dot C-O and code MOTHERHOOD for 10% off your order of Hero Bread. So there were a lot of surprising findings in this study. One that really surprised me and I think the authors of the study as well, we're about to find out, is that the managers agreed that remote work works. I feel like every week I'm seeing some story like, get these employees back in seats and they don't want to. And these darn employees want their cushy suburban backyard lives and they don't want to come back. And what are we supposed to do? It's set up as like managers against employees. And the managers are like, we got to stop this madness. That's not what the report says at all. Natalie, can you tell us a little bit about those findings? Sure. So you're right. It was incredibly surprising to read that managers and employees agree because of or in spite of all of the headlines that we're seeing that are like, get everybody back to work. Yeah. As we think about those headlines, there is the what does the employer truly believe? And then there's also the reality of there's millions of square feet of commercial real estate that are not being filled. And so uh-huh. they need to justify some of that office space. But as you think about why managers agree that remote work is working and why it's so eye-opening. I think going into the pandemic, the biggest conversation was around workforce productivity. Is my workforce showing up? And the answer is whether they're in office, remote, or hybrid, they do show up. And in fact, what we found through the study is that people are in many cases working more hours when they're working remotely, but they're happier doing it because they have the flexibility to choose when and how they're showing up. And so to your point on the two women who early in the pandemic uh, were let go from their jobs because they needed to homeschool their children from 10 to 2, the reality is in a remote world, you could take those two hours to homeschool your children, but you better believe that employee is going to be on between the hours of 8 and 10 to make up for it. And so it's much more about ensuring that you are fulfilling on your job obligations and your responsibilities, no matter when you do it. And because we're saving so much time commuting, you have more hours in the day to get your work done, to get your family life done, and to essentially be a stay-at-home mom. You know, the one thing that's really funny to me is pre-pandemic, the conversation for working parents and working moms was working mom versus stay-at-home mom. And it was the mommy wars. 
I was working from home as a stay-at-home mom and we're all in it together. And so I think that ability to be productive, to choose your hours has managers recognizing that makes for happier, better, more productive employees who show up and are excited to be there. Another thing that I think plays into that that the study underscores, it's allowed the parenting balance between spouses to maybe even out a little bit more because the out-of-house working parent is now at home more of the day. I live in a commuter town, and I do think taking the commute out of people's lives, you know, that's two hours where I live in and out of the city. I mean, one going in, one coming out. And I really see the difference of seeing just a different group of people at pickup, at drop-off, just being kind of part of the daily lives of their kids. Absolutely. Well, I'm so glad that I didn't think you took the survey. So I'm glad that, you know, <laughs> it's playing out, you know, um, on that end for you as well. So, you know, I like to remind us where we started from. When the pandemic hit, we were all worried, right? And rightfully so. We thought this was going to be it for women. Everybody said, you know, whoa, all the gains, right? All, all the gender equity gains are now going to be rolled back. It's going to take years, hundreds of years even, to come back to the same level, right? So there were multiple speculations, but we also feared very deeply that this would trap women into taking on even greater share or greater burden at home. But our survey actually suggests that the opposite is happening. Men are taking advantage of this new flexibility, this ability to work from home, And they're channeling that into supporting their households. And what we found was that 73% of men and women said that remote work gave them the flexibility to spend more time with their family. I mean, can you imagine that? And so this is the part that gets me excited because I truly believe that when we get men to lean more into care, then we can get our workplaces to lean more into care. Right. Because think about it, you know, we have more Johns that are CEO than women in the the C-level, in the C-suite. So we know that if we can get men to just understand the caregiving responsibilities that happen at home, we are going to move the care agenda forward in the workplace as well. So when we see a data like this, that proves that men are doing more in the household, they're doing more childcare, they are cleaning, they are cooking, that gives me hope. Okay, and so now the playing field is being leveled, so to say, at home. That was one of the most exciting part of this report. That was something I wanted to ask you about that it's, I read in the report. 77% of both men and women report that remote work has leveled the playing field for career advancement. And I was very happy to see that. But then my note was like, but is that true? They're, they're, they're pretty sure this has leveled the playing field. Is it too early to see if that optimistic view is playing out or is it playing out? Sure. I think, look, it's very early. We are a year out, maybe, from the pandemic to say that it's level the playing field. But here's what we know. Blessing just talked about how um, the caregiving responsibilities at work are getting a lot more balanced because the out-of-home parent is now able to come in and help out, help make dinner, help with school and the homework. And what we've also heard from employees and for women is because so much of the workplace construct, the boys club of going out after work, happy hours that women often can't attend because they have caregiving responsibilities at home because there's far lesser and fewer between as a result of the of remote work. The ability to build the connection happens over our Zoom calls with the social connection and the social fabric happens over Zoom now. 
might happen in person, but women have more opportunities to participate than they have in the past. And so is it 77%? You know, have we seen a step function in the opportunity for women? Probably. I think the question we all need to ask ourselves is not, is it here to stay? I think we have to assume and demand that it is, but it really is. How do we get that to be 100%? How do we ensure that we have career advancement and equity between men and females moving forward? That social aspect is really interesting because on the one hand, like moms want to get home to their kids, but I also know a ton of young women who work with a lot of men all day and they don't want to socialize with them. Whatever they're doing is not interesting to them. Maybe you don't feel like doing things that other people are doing because of whatever your starting set point is and that judging your ability to work based on how you socialize with other people hurts women and minorities. And that is something that I feel like people don't understand. And it I don't think I understood it when I was working in the same way. I mean, I've definitely worked at jobs where men were literally like going out to like clubs afterwards that I was not invited to or wanted to participate in. But even in the much more subtle ways of there may be some social separation between us that bringing it to Zoom is really interesting that you're judged more on your work during the work day and your contributions versus whether or not grab wings <laughs> for three hours with a bunch of guys you've sat with all day already. We're talking to Natalie Maislich and Blessing Adishion. And when we come back, I want to hear about the future of remote work and how we're going to get it more right. Margaret, I've been at the research again, looking into metabolic health and more importantly, metabolic flexibility, which turns out is the key to improved energy levels, better sleep, better fitness, all the things. And I found out about all this because we got a chance to try Lumen, the first handheld device that helps you manage your metabolic health. Lumen works when you breathe into it. If you do that first thing in the morning or after a workout, Lumen measures your metabolism by measuring the amount of carbon dioxide in your breath. It's science, people. That lets you see exactly what's going on in your body in real time. Then you use Lumen's app to get tailored guidance to improve your sleep, your nutrition, even stress management. If you're interested in figuring out the effects of different sorts of foods on your body, Lumen is a really cool way to see what's actually happening as your body burns different fuel sources. If you want to take the next step in improving your health, go to lumen.me and use Fresh to get $100 off your Lumen. That is L-U-M-E-N dot M-E, lumen.me, and use the code FRESH at checkout for $100 off. Thank you, Lumen, for sponsoring this episode. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast, where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent. With sometimes hilarious and always thought-provoking experts and friends, at Mindful Mama, we know that you cannot give what you do not have. And when you have calm and peace within, then you can give it to your children. I'm Hunter Clark-Fields, and I can't wait to see you there. Listen in to the Mindful Mama podcast. So the Modern Workplace Report ends by saying we have to get remote right. Let's start by talking about what remote not right looks like? You know, remote work not right is not policing your employees, right? Um, I think that's the biggest trend that we have seen picked up, you know, since we all went back in March 2020. We've seen more of that monitoring of employees and trying to understand who is 
working and who snorts and there's a lot of surveillance happening, who has clocked in and who has clocked out. And I think, you know, that that to me is not how to do remote work, right? Because one of the biggest indicator of, of employee productivity is trust, right? When, when your employees trust you and they feel safe, then they can do their best work and live their best life. But when they feel like they are being policed and they are just a number, then you run into issues. I mean, obviously, Twitter has been in the news for this, right? Everybody has to come back. And there's this idea, this default thing that Amy was talking about it, that's in the news and stuff that everybody just wants to sit home in their PJs and they're really watching Real Housewives. But there's a ton of ways to tell if people are working, even if they're not green buttoned, as you say. And Let's talk a little bit about the workplace creep. I mean, is this something that you've seen, too, that I think there was a lot of fear that remote work would mean that you're always on, that you don't get any downtime as an employee? Is that something you found with people, the idea that, like, it's harder because the day never ends? We hear that a lot. We hear mm-hmm. it a lot from our employer partners. And frankly, we hear it from our employees. Here's the thing, though, in conversations that I have with our employees and also with employers. It's on the employer to have the construct on here's what we need and set the metrics. It's on the employee to be intentional about their time. And so as long as you're getting things done, and now that you have the flexibility, you still need to be incredibly intentional around, I'm going to have dinner from 5 to 7 with my family because that's what's important to me. And I'm going to ensure that my work day ends at 5. I have my dinner from 5 to 7. And if I need to, I would log back on. What we are seeing, and we've seen in this report, is there is an extended workday for employees. That extended workday is coming because they are now not commuting. They are choosing the hours when and when when they want to work, and they are happier for it. And okay. so, you know, it's not on us to say don't do the work if you want to, but it is on the employer to understand and put in metrics of success for their employees and for the employees to ensure that they are holding themselves accountable for their time as well. I think, you know, you asked the question about how not to do remote work. I think as employers, we all and we all need to be really thoughtful around the metrics of success that we put in front of our employees and also really thoughtful around how we ensure that we are creating frameworks that allow for equity, whether that's gender, whether it's race, or by the way, whether it's proximity, right? The Mm. issue with a remote workforce or hybrid workforce is Proximity bias could still exist unless an employer comes in and says, we won't allow for that. And here's how. Mm. So you have to actively push back against that. Absolutely. What I've been getting out of this whole conversation is that remote and flexible are not synonymous and that remote work without flexibility is full of problems, both for the person trying to do it, but also in terms of the productivity you're going to have, that flexibility is an additional part of it that cannot be taken for granted and has to be put in place by employers who want their employees to be more productive. A hundred percent. They go hand in hand and you can't have one work well without the other. And let's talk a little bit, Blessing, I'm curious about how you studied different kinds of workplaces. Is this conversation about people who are working flexibly only for a Fortune 500 company or do you see these benefits across all sorts of different workplaces. Like Natalie had said, you know, there's a, a mixture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
you know, it will work for some and it won't work for others. You know, we know for sure that remote work will work for knowledge workers and that there are ways to also bring in remote and flexible work, even for individuals or employees that have to be on ground. Things like Mm. job share, right? There are so many different tools that, you know, thanks to technology, we can now utilize to provide flexibility and even remote work to employees like the doctors, service workers that need to be on there because they also need that flexibility. And, mm-hmm. and flexibility, uh, you know, um, like Amy said, you know, could mean different things. It could be flexibility, you know, so that you can leave work at any time, even if you work in person in the office or flexibility on deadlines or, you know, flexibility on where you work and when you work. It's going to be imperative for employers, for managers to really understand, you know, there's no one size fit all solution. That was one thing that we found as well. There's no one size fit all solution. So you need to understand what your employees actually need to thrive. One of the biggest things that we found way back is that a lot of companies have no idea, right? You just have no idea what your employees are going through and, you know, how you can make life better for them. And so an opportunity in understanding that role, looking at this report, we know that remote work works, but we need to find out more about what actually works for our employees. So whether that is an employee-wide survey that, you know, employers can conduct to really understand where is the flexibility required? Where can we plug in that flexibility so that we can Mm -hmm. get the most out of our employees and they can also reap the benefits of remote work and the benefits of flexible work. So I think that's where we need to go as, as a country or as an institution is understanding the real needs of employees. Where let's do the work, do the work and really understand where is that flexibility really going to matter the most. When I was engaged to my husband, he was working 60 hours a week. And the story was, if he didn't go in one day, the whole company would fold. That was absolutely necessary, though, for him. And we were involved in an accident and he was badly injured. He's fine now. And he had to take four months off of work and then he had to work from home. Guess what didn't happen? Everything (laughs) did not fall apart. And I feel like the pandemic has offered that opportunity to all of us. What does it look like if you can't go in. It seems like the survey and and having these kind of conversations forces that conversation for a big group of people. Absolutely. We're super excited about the robustness of the report and what that means for not just uh, not just caregivers, but for everyone. The report goes beyond just caregivers, but every single employee that requires that flexibility, whether it's to deal with a personal matter or a pet or an extended family. It doesn't even matter. The reality is everything is intertwined. Our works and our life are intertwined. And so how do we meet employees where they're at and provide them with opportunities to live their best working lives? We're going to put a link in the show notes to the Modern Workplace Report so everybody can read it. It's very easy to read. And I loved how full of not only concrete takeaways, but optimistic takeaways this was. It was a delightful surprise. Like This is working really well for lots of people. Let's make it work even better for even more people. So Blessing, tell us about Mother Honestly. Mother Honestly, we started in 2018. I think I got bored of creating employee resource groups at work. And I decided to create something similar externally. And so um, now we reach about a million employee caregivers in the U.S. We provide 
guides, resources, articles, podcasts. Recently, we launched our tech platform to simplify employee benefits for the modern workforce. And yeah, I mean, that's what we do. And we're super, super excited about our partnership with care.com because a lot of our moms were going through it. The childcare crisis forced women out of the workforce. And so it's really a breath of fresh air to see the solutions, right? (laughs) The sustainable solutions that care.com provides so that our moms can return to work with confidence and resilience. And I think that that's what made this partnership really exciting for us at Mother Honestly. Natalie, tell us a little bit about care.com. So care.com is a platform to help families find care. We help families find care across the gamut of care needs, child care, senior care, pet care, even home health. And we also help caregivers find work. So it's a two-sided marketplace where families can come get the best caregivers and caregivers can come and find great jobs that really fit their needs. You know, we're incredibly motivated by both working families and stay-at-home moms and how they make it work and helping them to make it work across our consumer and employer solutions. And we're really excited that as a result of the pandemic has been this shining light on childcare and the care crisis within this country. So much so that we just launched a podcast, a new podcast called Why Care with Reshmash Sujani and our CEO, Tim Allen, to explore more about how we fix the mess, the childcare mess, the care infrastructure mess that this country is in. And so, you know, through partnerships like this with Mother Honestly, through more transparent conversation, we're hoping, and by the way, through the shining light that this report um, has provided, um, we're hoping that we can really step function growth and opportunity for women and working families across the U.S. Love that. We're hoping right along with you. Yeah. <laughs> Natalie Maislich, Blessing Adishion, thank you both for being with us today. Thank you so much for having us. Great talking to you. Feel like you're the martyr in your family? You're not alone. Hey, this is Joanne. And Brie. And we're from the No Guilt Mom podcast. Brie, we talk to a lot of moms. Yeah, we sure do. And if you're a mom who has a to-do list that is so massive that you get overwhelmed and you shut down. Or if you fall into the habit of doing everything for everyone and don't know how to change it, we can help you become a No Guilt Mom. We're going to take you from family martyr to family model. That's role model. So that you role model the behavior that you want to see out of your kids. You're going to go from being tired and overwhelmed to energized and guilt-free. Every week, you'll get actionable strategies that you can implement right away from the experts that we interview and from us. We also have a whole lot of fun. So check out the No Get Mom podcast everywhere you listen to your favorite shows. Oh, hey, everybody. It's us, Blair and Molly, your old pals from Toddler Purgatory. Two moms who are also actors, who are also creative beings, who sometimes feel stuck. And this is our new podcast, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. What happens when your creative spark just seems to disappear? Gone. Poof. Bye. See ya. What happens when life gets in the way of your creativity instead of nourishing it? That's what happened to Molly and me. We felt like the thing that drove us creatively stopped working and impending doom had in fact invented. Totally. So we decided to do something about it. And that was 
steal ideas about getting unstuck from the most creative people we can find. We talk to guests about how to break through the mucky, gluey, sticky wall that can get between you and your creativity. We hear about their journeys, their successes, their challenges, and even their bougie coffee shop orders. And we're not just talking Bob Ross type paint on paper artists here, though we talk to them too. We're talking to actors, creative directors, dancers, and people who are working hard to be their best creative selves in a world that can sometimes feel real uncreative. We all have something to teach each other, so let's steal their ideas together. Join us, won't you, as we deep dive into how to unstick ourselves from the life gunk that can get in the way of our creative freedom. Pandemics, school calendars, world events, lack of sleep, oh, get out of their life gunk. And let's get back to your best creative self. Subscribe to Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. You're not going to want to miss an episode. Unsticking It with Blair and Molly, because sometimes life sucks. Unsticking